My name is Diana and this is the Family Finance Show, the podcast to help you manage your family's finances better. Every week we share an episode on topics relating to increasing your family's income and managing expenses, controlling your debt and investing for the future. Today my guest is Jennifer Anderson, the Head of Product and Communications at Innate and mom to two young kids. Jen, welcome to the Family Finance Show. Thanks for having me. So Jen, start off by telling us a bit about your career and the path that you took to get to where you are today. Sure. I think all quite boring and traditional, actually. So I studied at UCT and then after that went on to start working as a business analyst at Allen Gray Investments in Cape Town. And that sort of got my foot in the door in the investments industry and I've never left. So been in a few jobs since then, moved up to Joburg at some point quite a while ago. And now I'm working for a company called Innate. They're part of the Stanlib and Liberty Group and they're a wealth management platform where we actually in the process of building it and it's intended for independent advisors and their clients. Jen, today we're talking about the family budget. Uh, so budgeting is usually such a boring topic for people and um, people avoid doing budgets in work or in um, their personal life for their families. But it's such an important topic, I think. I think people underestimate the importance of budgeting because it's budgeting that really helps you to take control of your money and budgeting that helps you to avoid debt because if you've got a great budget you won't need and you save well you won't need to go into debt for for certain expenses that you might otherwise do so whether you're doing your budget for business or your department or your family there's always these competing demands that need to be managed between what you need and what you want how do you go about balancing your family budget and why do you think it's important to do so So I think the first thing that's certainly very important for me is to actually have a budget. I've got a couple of friends and family members who I know don't have one and I actually don't know how they manage month to month in terms of of planning and saving and spending. So it's to have even a very simple budget, just something that works for you. Uh, Mine, for example, just a little Excel spreadsheet. It's really nothing fancy. And for me, it's just so key to know where you stand in terms of your money, how much do you have available to spend and how much can you set aside and save? Uh, And it's also, it helps me to be able to track and look back and see what am I actually spending money on? So I find usually once or twice a year, I have a freak out and I think, Oh, I'm spending far too much money. And I actually go back and do a really detailed budget and download things from my, my internet banking to actually see where the rands and cents going. And sometimes it's not where you think it is. So for example, I was spending, I think about five or 600 rand a month on bank charges, just because I was in the wrong type of bank accounts. Went to the bank, got that fixed, and I spent 100 rand. And that sounds silly, but that's saving me 5,000 rand a year. And that's Mm. quite meaningful. And you wouldn't have otherwise known that if you'd done that detailed budget and really looked at your expenses, gone through them with a fine tooth comb. And nobody has time to do that necessarily every month. But if you do it, like you say, twice twice a year or as often as you need to, probably more often in the beginning and then later um, as you, you get more accustomed to what you're spending money on, you can probably reduce the detailed budgeting down to twice a year. And Jen, who, who sets the budget in your family and how often do you review it? My husband and I do separate budgets and I suppose that's probably a factor of our situation. We both work, we both earn a salary. I'm sure if you're in a one salary household, then it makes much more sense to 
to do something jointly. But we do ours separately. We share them with each other probably once a year. Um, and I really review mine annually. So it's a little bit tricky. I get my increases from the company I'm at currently in April. But obviously the world kind of has its cycle from Jan to December. So I usually review in December in preparation for Jan. And that's mostly so that I can make sure I give increases to our nanny, our domestic helper, et cetera. Mm. Um, and just start that from January because I think that's the most fair thing for them. And what kind of spending do you prioritize in your family? I suppose with two kids and both of you working, domestic help is one of the priority spend items. What are the others that you prioritize? Because it's all about prioritizing, right, between your needs and your wants. You think you need so much stuff, but when you really look at it, um, it's all about like what do you value the most? I totally agree. Obviously, childcare is an expense. In South Africa, you know, we're quite lucky. It's a, a tiny expense compared to what it is in some of the first world countries. So it, it is an expense item, but certainly not something that, that we drown in or that's comparable to a bond or something the way it is in, in some of the countries. So what I really prioritize, funnily enough, um, is saving for retirement. So both Chris and I are so passionate about not necessarily retiring early, but just having financial freedom as early as we can. And that's not to say that we don't like our jobs and we, we're trying to get out the first chance we get. We actually both love our jobs. It's just that money buys you freedom and options. So we try to ferret it away as much as we can into savings. And that's something that we both prioritize a lot in our budget. Um, other things that we really enjoy is, is traveling. We don't travel overseas that much, I think just because of uh, two little kids, I'm not really up for for a long flight with two little kids, but um, we do love to travel and we definitely set aside money for that. As you say, it's all about priorities. So neither of us drive brand new cars and we're certainly not of that mindset that lots of people are, certainly in Joburg, where every three or four years, uh, you know, as your car payments are coming to an end, off you go and buy a brand new car and start the cycle again. Neither of us are like that. Both of our cars are paid off. And, you know, that, that makes me happy. I, I don't need a big fancy four by four to, uh, to get around. And what about if you have major expenses coming up, whether it's a, whether it is an overseas holiday in future, or perhaps you need to buy a new car or major expenses, how do you um, discuss and save and plan for those expenses? So we definitely discuss them. Um, I, I can't imagine a, an environment where I would just rock up home and say, Hey, guess what? I bought a new car. <laughs> I just don't think that would, uh, that would, that's not the way our relationship works. Um, we, we also discuss them from a sense of where is it more sensible to pay this from? So for example, Chris gets a, quite a good deal. He's with discovery and I, I don't bank with them. So in terms of miles and things like that, sometimes it's more sensible for big expenses to go on his credit card because then we actually get quite a good benefits and then I'll transfer to him and he'll do the payments or he'll do the payments and then I'll pick up the next big expense as it comes along. So we do try to, to pay from the place that makes the most sense in terms of that kind of thing. And you mentioned a bit earlier about um, your bill payments. So you both have your own separate incomes and you, you, um, you make your own bill payments and your own separate budgets. Um, so how does that work? Like, how do you, in your relationship, decide who's responsible for which payments and what's fair? 
<laughs> so I, I actually have a giggle at this one. So when we first moved in together, it was years and years ago before we were married, we tried to divvy everything up every month and we'd have this horrible process once a month with all the slips from pick and pay. And then at the end of all of this maths, and it was a bit awkward. So we'd be like, oh, you owe me 23 Rand 55. It, was, it really became so arbitrary. So we, we dropped that quite quickly. What we do now is we kind of divvy the, the big expenses up as they come along. So Chris picks up medical aid and groceries, for example, and then I'll pay rates, electricity, and all the childcare expenses. Mm. So as a new expense comes along, we just sort of see who's, who's got space in their budgets, and then that person will pick it up. So I guess communication is really important there. You just basically have to communicate well with each other in your couple relationship and make sure that um, both of you are happy with taking up that new expense. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think I certainly have feel like I've got quite a strong sense of fairness built into me. Mm. And this method isn't always fair. It's never going to be 50-50. And I think the thing to, that we've, you know, we remember is it's our joint money anyway. We're married. We've been married forever. Um, hopefully you've got many years to go. So, you know, it, it doesn't really matter if someone's paying 10,000 and the other's paying 7,000. Well, then the 7,000 Rand person can save a bit extra and it all goes into the same pot. I think the, the really the key, the key to budgeting is, is just to stick to one basic rule. And if you can do that, you're well on your way to financial freedom. And that is to spend less than you earn. And if you spend less than you earn, that means you've got a surplus and that means that you can use that surplus to pay off debt or to um, eventually start to, to save for your retirement. So um, in your family dynamic, because in ours it's, it's slightly different, but in yours, how would you then go about saving, who's responsible for saving the surplus and managing the investments and all of that kind of thing? So again, we do that separately. Um, so Chris has a pot that he saves and, and I do the same. And then we've obviously also got company pensions that are, are doing it on our behalf, which is a little bit more out of our control than we'd like, but that's just is what it is. Um, so we obviously talk about what we're doing and it's, um, it's sometimes a bone of contention between Chris and I, I'm obviously in the investments industry, but not really in investment management. And Chris is a proper couch investor. Mm -hmm. He thinks he knows absolutely everything about investing. And um, I can't tell you we have never had a fight <laughs> about what we should invest in and what the best place is to put our money. Uh, but we do do it separately. Chris is very much of the opinion that ETFs are the be-all and end-all. So I think he's probably got the majority of his savings outside of his pension and ETFs. Uh, and I've, I've got a little bit more of a mix. Um, but, but also I think all the new money I save, I'm trying to put it into an ETF just to take advantage of the low fees. The other thing that I think we, we look at quite closely is how much money are we allocating to offshore and whether that's directly offshore in a foreign currency or, or just in a, a unit trust here that invests offshore. We keep quite a close eye on that. Obviously, sitting in South Africa with a very volatile and weak currency um, you know, and potentially thinking about whether we would ever move overseas or educate kids overseas it's just something we've, you know, we've got to keep an eye on and we try to put a lot of money into some form of offshore investment. And what about bad spending habits, Jen? Everyone has them, um, even if you don't admit them to yourselves. Do you have any that you want to admit? 
oh, it's probably drinking wine. <laughs> so I remember when I got pregnant, we sort of calculated how much money we would save because I wouldn't be drinking. Um, I would say that and, and eating out. You know, we don't, we're in a stage of our lives, you know, we don't go to clubs or bars or whatever a lot. Uh, the, really the way we socialize and see our friends is by going for dinner. So I think that's actually a much bigger line on our budget than, than we would expect. But I think it's a guilty pleasure I'm happy to live with because it's it gives us a lot of pleasure and it's it's the way we, we keep up our friendships and our relationships with everybody else. Yeah, the, the point of a budget is not to go down to the absolute minimum lifestyle you can. I think that's important to have those treats for yourself because without those, life isn't really worth living. So I have to agree with you on that. And having a French husband, wine is also a big line item. That and... Uh, and chocolate is a big line item on our grocery bill. <laughs> and then our last, my last question, Jen, is one that I ask all of my guests. So if you had one piece of financial advice you could pass on to your children, what would it be? I love this question. And I, uh, I thought quite hard about it when you told me that you might be asking me. And I, I think it's in a nutshell this. It's start saving as soon as you can. Avoid debt. Try to always below your means. And don't be afraid to spend money on making memories. Mm. I love that. Yeah, I think if you put those four things together, then money will give you a lot of pleasure and not give you a lot of stress. Wonderful. Thanks. Thanks, Jen. Thanks so much for your time today and all your insights on your family's budget. We really appreciate it. Sure. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to stay on the journey to improving your family's financial well-being.